to invite our senior pastor and the mother of our house to come and share the word. Fantastic. How good is it to be in God's house, hey? Happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. Um, I would just like to honour my mum. I can't even see her. Is she here? Where is she? In the kitchen. Of course she's in the kitchen. Uh, mum, if you can quickly come down, if that's okay. Um, she will tell me off later, but that's all right. I'm always getting into trouble. Uh, yep, she's looking at her apron. She's like, I've got gloves on. Melissa, what are you doing? If you can pass me that card as well, that'll be amazing. Um, now, I'm not sure if my mum's going to tell me off later again, but my mum actually lost her mum when she was 13 years of age. And, and I don't know how she's been such an amazing mum to me, to her four children. And I want to say thank you. I honour you. Um, thank you for being the best mum. You know, couldn't have picked a better mum. Um, here are some flowers. These are from, this is from three of your kids. I'm not sure what the fourth one's doing. I, I, it's not he, it's she. He's actually oh. contributed. But oh, anyway, wow. we get, wow. I know. Uh, Deanna said make sure you put his name on the card. But anyway, family dynamics here, but we'll talk about it later. I love you. Love and, you. Um, and my mum just became, she just became a great grandmother for the third time. Three times, which makes me a great auntie, would you believe? Don't say yes, I believe that. But anyway, praise Jesus. The title of my message this morning is Hold Your Weapons, Cast Your Nets Again. Who agrees life can be hard at times? I'll put two hands up if I wasn't holding a mic right now. Life can be hard at times. Yes, we have God. Yes, he will get us through. I believe that 100% God will get us through. But do you know what? At times, I feel overwhelmed. At times, I feel overwhelmed. As a mother, I could just stop there. I could stop there. Just as a mother, I could. you should see all my baskets of clean washing lined up. Just, it's clean but there's baskets. Do you know what? I'm actually thinking about going and buying more baskets just to fit in more clean washing. And they're just lined up. Or I could just fold them, you could say. One of my sons said, when are you actually going to fold? I know, he's not alive anymore. He's literally, (laughs) he is not here today. (laughs) No, he's over serving at kids ministry. But I couldn't believe it when he said it. I said, would you like to start on it? But I think there's about three baskets in a row. I know I'm putting all my dirty laundry out here, clean laundry out here right now, clean laundry. But anyway, I look at my outer life and I look at all that needs attending to. I look at my marriage, my household, my friendships, church, work, study, community, the list goes on. I look at my inner life, the healing that still needs to take place because none of us ever arrive, do we? Even pastors, we never arrive. It's a constant journey. I look at the growth that still needs to happen, the, the, the fruit of the spirit that still needs to, to be developed within me, the spiritual disciplines that still need to be maintained. And I think to myself, gee, Lord, there is just so much. There is so much I need to get to. There is so much. How will I ever get through? And I'm sure I'm not the only one. Please agree with me today. If you're living and breathing in this world today, I'm sure I'm not the only one. And not only if you're a mum, but a parent, a grandparent, single, married, divorced, planning a wedding. 
working full time, stay at home. If God has called you to a season of healing, ever been called to a season of healing? It's painful. Ever called to to a season of working on your marriage? Which should be all the time, really. But when you're extra called to it, it's painful. Or if you're in a position or a task that God has given you and you feel completely out of your depth, you think, God, why have you got me here? Or maybe it's just juggling life. Maybe it's just purely juggling life, whatever it looks like for you. At times we can look at all we need to do and all we need to get through and we feel overwhelmed. We think it's too much. How will we ever get through? And some of us are tired, exhausted, discouraged and then we feel bad for thinking or feeling that way. And so I want to take us to a story in the Bible uh, where the people of Judah uh, were trying to complete what was seemingly an impossible task. They were trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So these walls had been broken down after many years of war and they were lying in a pile of rubble, um, leaving the people in the city defenceless, leaving them vulnerable, leaving them uh, unsettled. And so Nehemiah was one of the first of the exiles to return to Jerusalem. And so he was just a common guy, uh, uh, just a normal everyday uh, guy. And so he was the cupbearer to the king. And so he wasn't happy with what he saw. In fact, he was devastated. He was so devastated that he wept before God. And so he decided to pray and fast before God. And um, he found favour with God. And so he took on this project, this task, this mission of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And so he rallied the people and they began this good work. And they worked hard. The Bible says that they worked at it with all their heart. You know, they got stuck into it. And they made some amazing progress. They did awesome. It was amazing. And they built the walls to half the height of what they were before. But then opposition came, the enemy came, pushback came and we read in Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 10 it says this, then the people of Judah began to complain, the workers are getting tired and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them, a little bit dramatic, and end their work. So these workers were going along amazingly and then opposition comes and they lose their confidence. Does it sound familiar? It sounds familiar to me. Sometimes I'm kicking butt, enemy comes and I've lost my confidence. They begin to look at their circumstances and all the work that they need to do and all of a sudden it's too much stuff. All of a sudden it's just so many things and they begin to say, well, we can't do it. It can't be done. It's just too much. And they start to feel tired, fatigued, discouraged, intimidated, threatened by their enemies And Nehemiah's response, I just love it. It's such an important and integral one. And it says in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, it says this, 
This is Nehemiah talking. Then I looked over the situation. I called together the leaders and the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your friends, your families and your homes. And so what Nehemiah was doing here was refocusing people's attention back to how great and mighty our God is. Refocusing their attention to how amazing our God is. The God who spans the universe with the palm of his hand. Think about that for a moment. He is the God who spans the universe with the palm of his hand. He is the God that created the heavens and the earth. Everything is his. There is none like him. He is great and his name is great. He is the God that nothing is too difficult for him. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is too difficult for him. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is what the Bible says about our great and glorious God. And Nehemiah was refocusing the people's attention off their circumstances back onto the great and glorious God. Smart leader, smart move, hey? Very, very smart. Nehemiah says... Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. And then he reminds them, he reminds the people why they are doing what they are doing. He calls out purpose. He calls out destiny. The reason they're doing what they're doing is to fight for your family, to fight for your friends, to fight for your homes. You see, God is a generational God. God is a relational God. God is for families and he hates to see attack on families. He can't stand it. That's why it's so important that we fight. So he reminds these people why they are doing what they're doing, back to purpose, back to destiny. It's not just about the wall and the rubble. It's the why behind the what. It's what you're fighting for. You're fighting for the generations. You're fighting for your children. You're fighting for your family. You're fighting for your husband. You're fighting for your wife. You're fighting for family. And so Nehemiah brings it back to purpose and the calling of God. You know, when we get our eyes of our circumstances and back onto the great and mighty God, the one who has called us and equipped us and his grace is sufficient for us, discouragement begins to fall away again. Just as you, as you begin to do that, it just begins to fall away. As soon as I get into the word of God, it begins to fall away. Fatigue begins to fall away. Being overwhelmed suddenly turns back into clarity, purpose and vision again. We get our eyes, we refocus and we're reminded of why we are doing what we are doing. Because sometimes it's so easy to forget because you're caught up in so much rubble. There's just so much rubble. There's so much rubbish. There's so much stuff to work through. And we need to refocus our attention to the why. We become reinvigorated. We become encouraged. We become inspired. And all of a sudden, it's not so hard anymore. And we understand that God is guiding us that he is leading us, that it's his supernatural strength that is propelling us forward. 
Praise God, by the way, for God's supernatural strength. It's not our strength. It's his supernatural strength. Praise God for it. And so if we read on in Nehemiah, he goes on to give a strategy to the workers. And what he does is he puts half of the workers to stand guard and the other half working. So half are on guard and half are working. And so here we see his team. We see community. We see unity. We see strength. Together they get the job done. Half are on guard, half are working. They needed one another. We need each other. Pastor Bucky are talk, talking about family. God places the lonely in family. We need one another. The worst thing we can do is cut ourselves off, remove ourselves, isolate ourselves during hard times. No, we draw even closer. We lean in even more. We allow ourselves to come alongside. We don't pretend to have it all together. We're authentic. We are who we are. You know, church is, God, God, church is God's idea. Did you know that? not the pastor's idea or the preacher's idea. It's actually God's idea. Community is God's idea. You know, relationship is God's idea. Family is God's idea. I think sometimes people think that it's something, but it's actually God's idea. Why? Because there's strength in it. There's healing in it. There's strategy in it. Depending on one another is God's idea. He did not create us to be independent of one another, nor of him. He created us for relationship. And then I love this bit in verse uh, 17. It says this, Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. Did you get that? Let's read it again because it's fun. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. And so you might ask me the question, well, what, is, what, on, what, what on earth does this have to do with me? You're talking rubble? You're talking building walls? Jerusalem, enemies threatening to kill, holding weapons, swords? How on earth is this related to me in my life and my hard times and the things that I'm facing today? And Mel, did you know it's Mother's Day? Where are the nice fluffy feelings and the flowers and, you know, all of that? So over there, we'll get to it. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. You know, the Bible says that prayer is our weapon. Prayer is our weapon. And our sword is the Word of God, the Bible. Prayer is our weapon, our sword is the word of God 
the Bible. And so these guys worked with one hand and held a weapon in the other with their sword at their side. Think about that. If our weapons are, if our weapon today is prayer, our sword is the word of God, we begin to combine all that we need to do with prayer and the word of God in our everyday, we'll begin to see miracles flow. We'll begin to see personal victory in our lives. We'll begin to see a greater breakthrough as we apply that in our everyday. We'll begin to see a greater trust and strength in God. These spiritual disciplines, reading God's word and applying God's word every day, every day. And prayer are absolute key, absolutely key, absolutely key for living a victorious life in God. There's no two ways about it. We try to get around it, but there, we can't. There's no two ways. They're absolutely key for living a victorious life. We just read that these guys worked with one hand and held a weapon in the other. So we do what we got to do, but we combine it with prayer and the word of God. And that's how you'll be victorious in what you've got to do. It's both. It's not one or the other. And you might be... Nehemiah, if you read the book of Nehemiah, he combined prayer with preparation and planning, but always seeking what God wanted to do, being guided by God always. And some of you may be sitting there thinking, but I pray, I use my weapon. But my question is, is but do you truly seek God for what he wants to do? Do you truly seek God for what he wants to do? And if the answer is yes, then great, keep going. But if it's not, then start. Yeah. Seek, speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. What do you want to do, Lord? What are you saying, God? You know, some of us need to work less and pray more. Like we're really good at working. We're really, 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 really good at putting boots on ground. But we need to spend more time praying. And you know, some of us need to put some legs on our prayers. And it doesn't matter if they're little legs or long legs or fat legs or skinny legs. Just put some legs on. Pastor Chin spoke about it last week. Just do something. Is that right, Pastor Chin? <laughs> Should we not bring that up again? Don't bring it up again. If you're here, you're here. If you're not, you weren't. You missed it. So many times I hear about people that have received prophecies and words from God about they're going to do this, that and the other, but they're not doing anything. Well, we just need to do something. Legs on prayers. We just need to get going. You know, some of us need to let go of man-made control. That's a huge one. Man-made control and start trusting God more. The first thing Nehemiah did was fast and pray before God, a complete surrender. 
complete surrender, trusting God to do it his way. Some of us don't need any more proof that our way is not working. (laughs) I know I don't. My way is not working. I don't need any more proof. Okay, God, let's try yours. Release, surrender, repent and turn to God. Amen? I mean, how much more proof do we want? Some of us are so bound by fear as well. And not even bound, like paralysed by fear. Paralysed by fear. And we can't seem to take that step forward. A bit like those workers, they were so afraid because their enemies were threatening to kill them. That opposition that was coming up against them, being stopped in their tracks from doing those good works. We say, lift your eyes again, back onto the great and glorious God. Refocus your attention onto the mighty God, the God who spans the universe with the palm of his hand, the great and glorious God, the God who calls you and equips you. The team can come. The God who will never leave you nor forsake you, he will get you through. And you know, there's some of us here in the room today, you're just tired, (laughs) tired and on the brink of giving up. And I want to take us to a scripture in a moment. You know, the last few years have had a bit of an impact on a number of us, really. And we're trying to rebuild. We're trying to put things back together whether it's your mental health, your physical health, your work situation, your marriage, whatever it may be. You're trying to rebuild, but it's tough and you're tired and you feel like giving up. I want to take us to the story or to a story in the Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 6, it says this. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. What a miracle. Jesus says to you today, hold your weapons. What are the weapons? Prayer, the Word of God, and cast your nets again. Why do you cast your net again? Because He said so. He says, I know you're tired. You've been working hard like the disciples, fishing all night. But He says, I am with you when your miracle is coming. Jesus says to you, when you are at the brink of giving up, you're at the brink of your breakthrough. Just like the disciples, hold your weapons and cast your nets again. Your miracle is right there. It's right there. It's coming. It's just around the corner. It's right there. Jesus is with you and he's asking you. He knows you're tired. He knows perhaps you're discouraged. He knows maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed. 
But he's asking, will you go again? He's asking, will you go again? And he's saying that he is with you, that he is for you, that he is never going to leave you nor forsake you, that he surrounds you, that he's going to walk alongside you, that he's holding your hand, that he's never going to let you go. And then he's not going to let you give up. He's not going to let you give up. He's not going to let you give up. He's not. You've got this. Why? Because he's got this. You've got it because he's got it. Amen. I just want to pray for everyone right now, if that's okay. Why don't you bow your heads? God, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you are with us, Lord God. I thank you that you are for us, Father God. I thank you that you call us again to hold our weapons, Lord God. I thank you for the gift of prayer, Father God. I thank you for your word, Lord, the Bible, Father. I thank you for the sword of the Spirit, Father God. I thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And I thank you that when you ask us to cast our nets again, when you ask us to take our next step, give us the grace to take that step. Give us the grace to be obedient again. Give us the grace to step out again. We thank you for your supernatural strength, Father God. I pray for every single person here right now, Lord God. I pray for blessing, encouragement. I ask that your will be done in each and every person's life, Father God. I pray for a fresh and filling right now, Lord God. Just touch them and fill them where they're at, Lord. I pray for an extra blessing for the mums right now too, Lord God. And just while we're in this attitude of prayer, I just want to, I don't want to close the service without giving everybody an opportunity to, if you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I remember the moment I entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I remember thinking in that moment, now I never have to do life on my own ever again. And I felt this peace and this joy like I'd never felt before. And that's never left me. And I'm so ev ever grateful for it. And I want to give you an opportunity right now, if you're here or if you're online, it's a simple prayer. We're going to pray it all together as a church. And if you want to pray it along with us and just believe it with all your heart. And the Bible says if you pray this prayer and believe it with all your heart, if you speak it out, that you are saved, that you're giving your heart to Jesus Christ. That's what that, that means. And, and so, church, if you'd follow after me, if you want to pray this prayer for the first time this morning. God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. Amen. Just with our heads bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you're in the building or online, if you're in the building, if you'd just like to slip your hand up in the air just so I can see it, love to pray with you, connect with you. 
or if you're online, if you'd just like to comment and would love to reach out with you and get some resources to you. Just a few more moments. If you're in the building, if you'd just like to slip your hand up in the air. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet, church? We're going to worship God with one last song. Praise Jesus.